Welcome to Book Me, sponsored by Nimbus Publishing. I'm Costas Halavrezos. Today, Deborah Hemming, author of Throw Down Your Shadows. border between one state and another is always fraught with risk. When you reach it, you face questions about your identity, your intentions, your destination on the other side. The same applies for a young person on the risky borderline between adolescence and adulthood. Who are you, really? What do you want to do with your life? Where are you going next? In her 16th year, Winnie is about to leave the cozy rural childhood she shared with three boys her best friends, but a charismatic newcomer leads them into alien territory, where relationships, emotions, and even morals are upended. Deborah Hemming's debut novel, Throw Down Your Shadows, sweeps us along on Winnie's dangerous journey. Deborah, welcome to Book Me. Thanks for having me. Tell us about the Winnie we first meet and, and what her world is like. Sure. Winnie is a 16-year-old girl um, living in a sort of fictionalized version of the Gaspero Valley in Nova Scotia, so a very small community. Um, She lives with her mother, Ruth, who's an artist, and she basically has a very tight circle of friends. She's friends with three boys, and the four of them, they're very isolated. They sort of only socialize with each other. And I like to think of Winnie as a bit of an outcast by choice. So she sort of took these three boys under her wing, and it's sort of her intention to very much keep it that way. She likes to sort of exist on the fringes, what she sees as conventional adolescence. It seems you set yourself a challenge here, imagining a 16-year-old girl whose best friends are three boys. Yeah, I, I felt, you know, I've read a lot of coming-of-age novels, as they tend to be called, about young women, and I didn't see a lot of books out there about friendships between young women and young men. And I was always someone... You know, all throughout my life, I've always had friendships with boys and men later in life. And I just thought it was fertile ground for exploring particularly that change, that shift from adolescence to adulthood, because everyone's changing so much during that time. Well, that transition involves a lot of uh, new and often awkward experiences, uh, whether it's getting a driver's license or, or dealing with sexual awakening. How much did you have to work on retrieving your memories of what that feels like for a 16-year-old? That's a good question. You know, I think actually throughout my 20s as I, as I was growing up, and, and you know, I, I'm from the Annapolis Valley where the book is set, but then I, I did end up moving away. So when I moved away and as I started to, you know, come into adulthood on my own, I think I started to realize how formative um, my adolescent years actually were, and they sort of started to, like, creep back into my consciousness things about adolescence and the significance and meaning behind them. So when I actually went sat down to write this novel, while it might sometimes be cringeworthy to uh, return to that adolescent perspective, it came easier, I think, than you might expect. Winnie seems to be very conscious of uh, the male gaze, you know, how her mother, Ruth, uh, changes her appearance to attract men, but also sometimes how adult men occasionally look at her, a pubescent girl. Why did you make that sensitivity an important trait for Winnie? Yeah, I think that when young women come of age, 
absolutely, it's become a necessary aspect understanding how you're seen by others just because women and young women in particular, there's this process where you sort of realize the objectification that is so inherent in our society. So her understanding how she is seen by others, men in particular, and how her mother is seen by others is a key part of her development and coming to understand both her place in the world, but then perhaps how she could move past that place, the place she's been given by others. Now, the new kid in town, Caleb, just arrives like a grenade for Winnie and her three friends. How does he begin to subvert their lives? Yeah, Caleb is absolutely an outsider. I like your use of the term, he arrives like a grenade. You know, Winnie and her three friends really have lived quite a sheltered life. They live in a rural area. As I said, they have a very tight-knit social group. So Caleb arrives. He's from elsewhere in Canada. He's from the West Coast. And he brings with him this worldliness and this sophistication they're not used to. Um, He's also very bold, and I think in some ways um, he's a challenge to Winnie and his boldness because maybe she was always the boldest in their group. So he arrives and he kind of seduces them and enchants them, and they feel influenced by him, but also a need to impress him. You know, I remember reading a novel in which a character said he could make any two people fall in love by telling each that the other was interested in them, which which struck me as pretty cynical at the time. But Caleb takes manipulation of people's attractions, uh, say between Mac, the winery owner, and Winnie's mother, Ruth, to a new level. How does Winnie react to seeing him at work? Yeah, I think Winnie is a bit unnerved uh, by seeing Caleb at work in terms of his ability to manipulate. But she's also, she admires it in a way. I think she sees it as being as a sort of a form of power that um, maybe hasn't isn't accessible to her, um, and she sees it as something maybe she'd like to cultivate. I think that there's a bit of, I leave that a bit ambiguous, because I think it's almost like when you're an adolescent, you're trying out new versions of yourself, and I think in Caleb, she sees the benefits of being someone who's manipulative, right? You're sort of always in control. But I think it unnerves her, too, because she realizes that maybe he may he might be manipulating her as well. In a way, she, she comes to realize that she had quite a bit of control over her three male friends. And she gets upset when she feels the dynamics of that group, Sam and Tom and Jake, changing, not, not just because of Caleb's influence either, but uh, by things that happen with high schoolers, uh, drinking parties, uh, male bonding over sports trying to attract a hookup. How does she deal with these new feelings? Right. So I think the thing about control is you don't really realize how much control you have until you start to lose it. And that is something that Winnie absolutely experiences. And in reaction to that, with Caleb sort of taking away the leader role in her group, she wants it back. Um, and she wants to figure out how to keep her friends, these three boys, the way that they were before Caleb arrived. Um, there was an innocence to them before he arrived. He introduces them to new ways of being that she doesn't approve of. Like, the book is set in 2005. We didn't really have the term toxic masculinity at the time. But absolutely, these boys start to become influenced by a kind of toxic masculinity that Winnie really wants to protect them from, both for their own sake, but also for herself, right? She wants her old friends back. There's a really shocking twist uh, near the end of the novel, so let's not talk about that at all. 
But what about your decision to set throw down your shadows in wine country and wine culture in the Annapolis Valley? to the writing of the book. The wine district of the Annapolis Valley of Nova Scotia has really exploded in the last number of years. And, you know, I thought it was a neat opportunity to write a a Nova Scotian novel, but in a a different kind of setting maybe than we've ever seen before. It's also aesthetically beautiful. It was really fun to write descriptions of vineyards and the lushness associated with that setting. But also I think so much of Winnie's story is about the awakening of a kind of hunger for life and excitement. So it made sense for me to parallel that development, that inner development in Winnie, with her um, increasing knowledge about winemaking and wine tasting. You know, she ends up working at a winery and rather the sense of these parallel pleasures developing within her. And it connects her with a, a world outside the Annapolis Valley, too. Shows her what might be possible if she were to leave the valley. It's almost something to look forward to, and it's also something that feels like hers alone outside of her circle that is slowly slipping away from her because of Caleb. A Throw Down Your Shadows is a coming of age story, uh, but unlike any other I've read, but it seems to wrestle with that eternal issue of, you know, learning how to deal with society's expectations of how you should act or even think, and eventually arriving at some kind of self-knowledge. Is that a fair assessment? Absolutely. I think what's unique about Winnie, though, is that she starts from a place of already resisting the expectations that have sort of been thrust upon her as a young woman. And so the story is really about that continued resistance, but also how that resistance morphs as she gets to know herself. Don't want to give anything away, but I think at the end of the novel, we see a young woman who knows herself better than when we started the novel. And perhaps recognizes the power of not giving into those expectations and not conforming and being true to yourself, even if that self is nothing you've really seen before, nothing you've seen represented on in television or in, in books, um, but kind of staying true to your real originality. Well, Deborah, thank you very much for speaking with us on Book Me. Thank you for having me. Deborah Hemming is the author of Throw Down Your Shadows. It's published by Nimbus. We have dozens of conversations with people who create books in Atlantic Canada, authors, illustrators, editors, and designers. They're all on bookmepodcast.ca. Tell everyone you know who's a reader. If you'd like to comment on a podcast like today's with Deborah Hemming, our email address is info at bookmepodcast.ca. Whenever we add a new interview, we post an alert on Instagram at bookmepodcast. And if you're in the Lunenburg County area, a bonus. Our podcasts are broadcast every evening on the nonprofit radio station CHLU, 93.7 FM, just before sign-off around 9 o'clock. Book Me is sponsored by Nimbus Publishing. Our producer is Robin Grant. And our digital diva is Laura Hines. I'm Costas Halavrezos. Now, let's go read. (laughs) 